Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddock. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode. We have a little twist in today's show. Originally, our guest was supposed to be author Patience Griffin. But Lori was not available to record. On top of that, Ginger is our audio engineer in addition to her host duties. So we were trying to figure out what to do. Then we realized that the reason Lori couldn't join us today was that Terry Lucas was flying into Nebraska. Suddenly, Ginger and I have a light bulb moment. (laughs) Why Mm -hmm. not record today's episode with Terry and Lori and have patients join us next time? So long story short, Terry Lucas is joining us today. Patients will be on the next episode and we'll catch up in our opening segment. Then we'll have mail in our final segment. Phew. Ooh, that was that was good. That, that was, was really good that recap. Was but yeah, that that's the whole story. Um, <laughs> so so do you think I got everybody up to speed? Did I leave anything out? I think you got it. <laughs> I think we're good to go. We're good to go. How are you? I am good. All right. Um, good. We're we're coming back from a little vacation. We all had a long, at least at Golden Peak, we had a long weekend. Um, Ginger's shaking her head. Yeah, no, I was you working worked all, all weekend. weekend didn't I you? did, I did, oh. I did. But it was it was kind of fun work. Um, we are getting ready. I'm doing a overalls sew along, which this is actually Ooh. really kind of fun because uh, normally we've been naming all of our sew alongs on Sew Daily about after towns or cities in Colorado. So I didn't know what we had decided the name for the overalls was going to be. So I reached out to Meg Healy and she was so cute. She got back to me and she was like, let's just call them the Longmont overalls. And that's where I live is Longmont. So I was like, yes. <laughs> and I'm going to be the uh, I'm going to be the instructor on this one. So I was super nervous on this one. So I just wanted Aww. to make sure that I had all the steps down. I got all my step outs and all that fun stuff. So I'm really excited. I'm, I'm taking it up a notch. Usually I'm like kind of maybe hosting these things, but I don't ever get to really actually, you know, teach as much. Like I feel like I give a insight here and there, but overall, but this one, it's like, I'm actually going to be teaching some techniques and some lessons. And oh my goodness, the overalls are so freaking cute. So I made, <laughs> I made two of them. And then I had uh, one that is uh, just my sample that I'm going to be building upon in the class. So anyway, so yeah, I didn't rest much this weekend. <laughs> oh. oh, but Ginger, you're going to be so good. That's oh. going to be awesome. All right. I'm going to remember that. We're filming tomorrow. So I'll be like, Lori said I'm going to be good. So <laughs> I love it. So, so what have you been up to, Lori? Well, besides having a guest, I got to go <laughs> get Terry and I'm so excited to spend a few days with her. I'm doing this fun thing for the challenge at my guild. They did an ugly fabric challenge where Uh people brought their ugly fabric and then they put four different pieces of fabric in a brown paper bag and you picked a bag and, and whichever bag you picked, those were the four fabrics you get to use. I got two really, really ugly pieces of fabric and two really fun pieces of fabric. And when I saw the fabrics, I have no idea why, but one of the fabrics is is farm animals, and I just thought of American <laughs> Gothic, the painting by Grant mm-hmm. Wood. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, we could change that just a little bit, and instead of having a house in the background, we could have a barn and all the animals. I'm nearly done with it. Guild is tomorrow night. I'm thinking it's going to be done, and I'm really loving what I've done. Okay, so now did you have to just do a block or was it a whole quilt or what, like how much fabric did you get? (laughs) I'm intrigued. (laughs) I have, I'm going to guess that mine is maybe 25 inches square. Wow. So that's not, that's not small. That's that's a good chunk of fabric that they're giving you. Oh my gosh. The the piece of barn fabric was probably a half a yard. And okay. the other pieces were smaller. Oh, well, I would have just absolutely loved to have seen your face when you pulled out the stuff yes. you didn't like. Because I guarantee you, you were just like, <laughs> like, oh, I bet you it was just hilarious. 
I, I was um, wondering if you got brown. <laughs> I didn't get brown. That would have been something else, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so other than the farm print, what did you get? Can you describe a red it? That I really thought was pretty that I mm. used for the barn, and then one um, kind of makes me think of southwestern stripy stuff. And and it's mm-hmm. a, a nice enough fabric. It's just that it doesn't go with the farm animals in the red. <laughs> and then the oh, other great. one was little squares about two inches by two inches of plaids on a kind of a denim-y blue background. And again, okay. nice enough fabric. It just didn't seem to work with the rest of what I had going on. So... Nice. Right. And then, so what do you guys do with those after you're done? Do do they do you give them away? Do you what, what do they do with the the quilts that are done for this? You get to keep them. You get to keep them. Okay. So nice. So we'll definitely be able to put a picture in the notes, though, right? Oh, absolutely. I'll send you a awesome. picture. I'll I'll wait until tomorrow to send you a picture, and hopefully it'll be quilted by then. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, Aww. I'm sure you can wait until it's quilted because, you know, we'll have a few days before this goes live. But exactly. That's awesome. That sounds like so much fun. It sounds like you're having such a great time with your guild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been just a, a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Well, they seem to come up with such really fun and uh, inspiring challenges. And um, they're also unique. Like, are these new ones that they've come up with? Or is this kind of like, they just kind of recycle these same challenges? See, I think that the challenge committee is different. Okay. Since the first of the year. So I'm guessing they're they're fresh ideas. Mm. Nice. Well, tell them they're doing a bang up job. We're loving it. Mm -hmm. I will do that. (laughs) That's amazing. I haven't really done much sewing. I've got to say, oh. I've got to say, um, I've had a couple of crazy weeks. Um, my um, oldest was in town for two weeks, and so I just oh. really didn't have much time. And now Sydney's been sick, so <sighs> sigh. Oh. I, I can look at the things that are waiting. The piles I, I, as they pile. The piles. Up. I Aww. mean, I've got I've got some really pretty fabrics for a plaidish quilt. If you guys want to sew along, but I can, that's about I it. can add that to my list for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Me too. I don't know I'll when I'll to... get to it, but I can add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I same. Uh, and, you know, but maybe we need to give ourselves a date so that we actually actually make time to do it. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, is everybody ready to go talk to Terry Lucas? Uh, yeah, yes. considering she's been sitting there waiting patiently and listening to us this whole time. <laughs> Today in Open Studios, we are joined by Terry Lucas. She, she is no stranger to the show and probably one of the most mentioned quilters in Quilt Until History. Wouldn't you say, Ginger? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it was funny. I, I was thinking about this earlier. And, you know, there's people that are friends of the podcast. And then there's, like, best buddies of the podcast. And I think Terry falls into the best buddies oh, category. Most <laughs> definitely. Yes. Well, this, the exciting thing is sure. this time she's coming to us from Lori's house in Nebraska. So welcome live to the show. From Nebraska. Yay, live from Yay. Nebraska. It's Terry Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys know how to make a girl feel special and welcome, and I wish I wish the viewers could have seen my face because my chin was on the floor <laughs> for a moment. Oh my god! Like what? Aww. I feel so honored. Thank yeah. you. Well, I mean, Ginger's Ginger's certainly telling the truth. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> yeah. We love you. Clearly. Yes. I, I, it's, it's amazing. I just have to say like, Terry, you have this way of like, you you must have this sense of like, when I need just to pick me up, you know, when to send me the, like, you'll just send me a random, you know, text or you'll send something and it just cheers me up and whacks me right out of whatever it is that was disturbing me. And I don't know how you do it. Do you, are you like, are you a witch? (laughs) No. No. Do you have witchcraft? What is your secret? (laughs) No, I, 
Uh, no, I I think sometimes people just pop into my head and I go, oh, I need to reach out to them. <sighs> um, so it happens with you. It happens with Lori. It yeah. happens with Tracy. And I probably have about six or eight other people where I, you know, I'll just send a random text. Hey, you're beautiful. Or you're doing, you're doing a great job today. Your hair looks great and your bottom does too. I have no idea what you look like that day, but that's what comes out of my head. <laughs> it, it, it is a magical gift that you have because it there is. are numerous times when I have gotten those texts and it's like, I needed that more than anything in the world right now. So <laughs> oddly enough, on the drive from Omaha, I mentioned one of those things to, to Lori. I'm like, oh, yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time that I made Ginger cry? And she goes, you did what? <laughs> it was like it was it tears was of joy. Let's be clear. <laughs> or touching. I, I don't know. What do you call that? Because it was definitely not tears of sadness at all. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't. And, you know, I, I think tears tears in and of themselves are sometimes a real big gift because it's an emotional release, either joyful or sad or whatever. But we, we get to let that then become very much a part of our experience. Yep. It's one of my favorite movie scenes in broadcast news where the Holly Hunter character, she literally schedules time for herself to have a breakdown and cry because <laughs> it helps keep her sane and keep her normal and all that. And I'm like, that is a brilliant idea. <laughs> I like it mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> so, so Terry, what are you doing in Nebraska? I am going to speak and teach at the Heartland Quilters Guild. Is that the yes. r- right name? Yeah. Um, so tomorrow night, I- I'm not exactly sure what talk I'm going to give. <laughs> um, you have plenty it, of time to figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, when I contract... Please just know that sometimes for both the speaker and the guild, sometimes things get lost in translation. And and so I gave them the title, Learn to Stitch with Reckless Abandon. I don't know why I would have done that. Um, <laughs> and then it's like, that sounds up your alley. <laughs> right. And then. And then what I saw, uh, I saw somewhere posted, it, it's my trunk show. And I, I texted Lori and I'm going, I don't even know where they got that. And then I went to my website and realized where they got it. So I felt like about, oh, a quarter of an inch high for about five minutes until I just started giggling. Because, you know, sometimes you you write things or you say things and you don't know what you're writing or saying because it just sounds funny in the moment. And there you go. Whatever. <laughs> it's all good. Nice. So now, Lori, this is is this your guild that you're? Yes, it is. Ah, nice. So you had an in. <laughs> when when I started going, I told Shar, who's the program chairman, that if she ever needed names, I knew a lot of people in the industry and I could give her names. And she said, "Oh, I'd like that." Well, the top name on my list was Terry, and that's the one she called. Nice. So you're one for one. All right. (laughs) That's a very good, that's a hundred percent record. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll probably, I'll probably do, uh, you know, sometimes I open the suitcase and the quilts start coming out, but the, it'll probably be a combination of what was posted last night. And then, um, the learn to stitch with mm-hmm. reckless abandon because uh, quilting qu- I, I i know for each one of you in very different ways and very unique and beautiful ways quilting is life and and so you know um where i've I, where i've learned to stitch with reckless abandon like i you know I, I will admit i'm a little wackadoodle when i start stitching um but you know we all we all bring something beautiful into the world of quilting and so it is a little reckless and beautiful nicely said Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. very much yeah and i i think you're um you know the chief encourager um so it's always helpful for people to remember that you know one everybody starts somewhere and two that you just need to sit down and do it yes yes and and sometimes you have to come to that by uh, abandoning something else. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. And I, I was telling Lori on the way over, um, or actually, I'm not sure I did this. 
I, I don't know what I did. Um, there, there, I, I was a hardcore hand quilter and this is the part that I told you. I was a hardcore hand quilter and I was one of those people who would say, if it's not hand quilted, it's not a quilt. And yes, yes. <laughs> I say that with a deep sense of irony. Yes. I, I was like, at- well, wait, wait, wait. Who is this person that I've never yes. met? Because I would never think that those words would ever come out of your mouth. And yet they did. Wow. <laughs> you know, but the beautiful, th- but the beautiful thing about that is, you know, sometimes I am still surprised to this day that I am a free motion machine quilter. Period. And a really good one. And, and uh, a really good, yeah, <laughs> a really good one. It, but the beautiful thing about that is, I can still pick up a needle and a thimble and a quilt and a hoop and have at it. It it would probably take me a good, like half hour to like really dig into where my stitch was when I started machine quilting. But um, yeah, I, you know, I can, I can still do it. And, and right at the time where I quit, I could quilt with three different fingers. So, you know, I didn't have to move the quilt around so much cause I could quilt with my thumb. I could quilt with my pointer and I could quilt with my middle finger. Mm-hmm. Thanks Alex Anderson. Yeah. I remember when that was a thing. Like, right? like it was revolutionary, you know, if to quilt with your middle well, finger or just quilt well, with three fingers. Technically, <laughs> you're supposed to quilt with your middle finger so that middle you finger, could use okay. your other your your thumb and your pointer to sort of help guide where you are yes, and support your finger. Um, but if you could if you could quilt with your thumb and your pointer as well, you could go in multiple directions without having to adjust the quilt. Which is really important if you quilt it on a frame versus yeah, a this is all foreign to me. I haven't, I've never even tried to hand quilt, so I'm just, I'm, I'm still trying to get Very over the shell relaxing. shock of, of what Terry said. Like, <laughs> all right, I know because it seems so counter to everything that mm-hmm. you've ever met about yes. me, and and, and yet. It, like we all, we all, like Tracy said a, a, a minute ago, we all come from some place. We started somewhere, and and then for so many of us, our quilting desires take this like switchback, wackadoodle, weirdo path, and then we find ourselves doing things that we thought we would never do. Like for me, which is machine quilting, and yet. I, I can sit at the machine and I can feel the stitching happening and I get lost in what I see in my head. And it is just, I just love sitting at my machine. It, it, it's so funny. Um, it, it got me thinking that it's that the joy of being human is really embracing the fact that you can grow or change, just change, like not even grow, because I'm sure you were an amazing hand quilter as well. But to and I just wonder what it is that was inside you that like kind of like goaded you to be like, no, maybe there is something different. Like, was there a changing event, like something major that happened? Did somebody just like plop a machine and you're like, oh, I can do that. Like what happened? Um, so it- this 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 sometimes happens to us as quilters sometimes quilting projects take far too long and in my case oddly enough shocking involve a move mm. and i had to put the quilting away for a period of time while i was moving from an apartment to a house and getting settled and you know and and this one afternoon i got this beautiful gray squared frame i loved it it was great i could pivot everything around so it wasn't you know having to readjust the quilt and I, one afternoon i'm sitting in my living room hand quilting and i just took one look as, at this quilt and went i am done like i'm just done i cannot take one more hand quilting stitch on this sucker cuz not for nothing it had been like four or five years at this point that I had been working on this thing. And, 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 and it's beautiful. What is really beautiful is that that quilt has become a teaching quilt because I can, and I have it here. So we can actually, I can provide some pictures for the show notes. Um, 
but I can show where things went horribly wrong <laughs> because of my lack of knowledge. But, uh, and this is one of those places where I actually, you know, provide a tre treasure map to where the bodies are buried. And, and it, it, because here's where I started and here's where I am. And, and I started in a, a re with, with zero knowledge of what I was doing. And I just went for it. <laughs> and, and sometimes you just have to do it. Nice. And so how long ago was that? This would have been probably 99. Okay. Um, so, wow. so you were really like ahead of the game then you kind of saw what was coming. <laughs> It, in my own, yeah, in my own quilting, mm -hmm. uh, I I still had no idea at this point that a I would end up uh, teaching, and b that I would re like the teaching would focus on like so focus so clearly on uh, the foundation so that you can go do all the crazy stuff that you really want to do. Hmm. I, I'm I'm in, so it's so funny because whenever Terry and I talk about quilting we had a very similar arc like we started around the same time um we both did hand quilting I did as much handwork as I could possibly do and um and I was going to ask Terry if you or maybe Lori you remember when when Carol Breyer Fallert won Houston what year that was because I feel like that was early 90s so I feel like by 99 Free motion quilting by machine was becoming more accepted. Um, and people were, you know, if you went to your quilt shop, you could take a class. Um, it was already a thing. But do either of you know? It was still a little, I think, I think you're right. It was mid 90s. Mm -hmm. And by the time I started, there were some classes, but the, um, the perception was that hand quilting was st still hand superior piecing and hand quilting were still the superior way to go mm -hmm. that doing it by machine was cheating and it took us a little while in the it, in the whole of the quilting world to really understand that it is a different skill set and one that brings great life to the party mm -hmm. Well, and I'm kind of curious when, like around what time did that happen? Like when did it really become, because now it feels like the norm. Mm. And I'm just kind of curious, like when did that switch kind of happen? Was it, it was all gradual. at once or was it like a gradual? No, it okay. was gradual. All right. Because I was going to say in 2000, I think, I think around 2000 was when Jenny Beyer wrote her hand quilting book or hand, you know, like making quilts by hand book. And and so it was still very much in the early 2000s. Hand quilting was and and hand piecing was still quite acceptable. Um, and and some people still believed that you know it was machine doing things by machine was you know less than. Um, and then I think as long arms became a little more affordable, a little more um, acceptable. People like Karen McTavish came along and really sort of elevated machine quilting to a complete, like out of the stratosphere, of course. But mm -hmm. yeah, so it was gradual, I would say. Right. And, and even the, sh the shift from home sewing machine to long arm was a gradual shift mm -hmm. uh, because the long armers needed to come to understand what they do so that they could teach it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when the, when the home machine quilters learned what they did well enough so that they could start teaching it, that's when it essentially stabilized as a norm. When the long arm quilters could do the same, that's when it became a lot more established and, and feels, you know, it feels like long arming is the norm. Um, but the, the beautiful thing is that, hand piecing and hand quilting will never go away. Hand applique will always be here. Yeah. Quilting on a home sewing machine will always be here. Quilting on a long arm mm -hmm. will always be here because there are always people who are going to enjoy that part of our craft in a way that is going to not only preserve it, but take it to cutting edge. 
Well, and it's funny, and it feels almost like the revolution that has happened is more just acceptance Mm -hmm. of, okay, it's not so much these techniques. It's more like, oh, it's okay to do it all and, you know, go at it. And and I think it feels like there's been an attitude shift for sure. I know since I've been kind of in the world that it just feels like, you know, I just assumed that's how it always was. So it's awesome. I love hearing the stories of kind of like what it was like back back in the day. <laughs> and, and suddenly... I feel old. <laughs> well, but just like you're saying like early 2000, I was like, wasn't that like two years ago? I'm like, <laughs> that was not that long ago. I was like, it's 2000. Come on. That was like yesterday. And I'm like, oh, no, that was a while ago. That was 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, no, don't say it. <laughs> but but you know what? Even it. Okay. So, all right. I feel old in the quilting world, but it, in the quilt, in that there is, I, I'm still, Tracy and I are both still very young. Mm-hmm. You're still very young in the quilting world because the median age is somewhere mm-hmm. in the. It's still like 63, 64. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm not a mid, I am in one sense, I am part of a grant, like we're all part of this grand tradition at for, and being here for a while. And yet we're still young enough that, mm-hmm. y- you know, we'll, we'll be here for a while. Yeah. So on a different note, I'm kind of curious when the long arms, because I do feel like long arms are so much more accessible now. What are your thoughts on how long arm owners, like business owners who do that for a living, you know, is there any contention or anything, you know, with them feeling, um, you know, I guess feeling the, the hit of the competition of people doing it on their own now? Is there, is that a thing or no? Uh, you know what? Probably. Yeah. Um, well, you know, um, when, when home sewing machines came along, were really accessible and the, the, you know, the computer age of quilting came along, the, the hand quilters felt as though they were being kicked to the curb. And so there's always that kind of sense of okay. things. But one of the things that it, when I teach sometimes I say this, sometimes I don't. I know a a few other teachers who do. If at the end of my class, what you get out of this is that quilting by check is the best way to go for you, have at it, sister. Like just go do it. So while there may be that sense of, you know, that, that my, my time, my space is being infringed upon that, you know, our quilting boat is big. So, you know, pursue quilting in whatever avenue you want to do it. All right. Well, you're already dating yourself. They don't quilt by check. And now it's by PayPal or Venmo. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you I'm old. It's already, it's already changing. It's so fast. Uh, too funny. So what other stuff are you guys up to? Are you going to get to go have some more fun? We're hoping for a trip to the International Quilt Museum on Saturday. Nice. Nice. Have uh, you have you been there, Terry? No. <gasps> You're kidding. No, but but you know, you know what exhibit is there? What? What? The red and white exhibit? <gasps> oh. And, and she got to see it in New York when it oh, was originally done. Wow. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. Yeah, because what year did that? What year was that when it was in New York? Ooh. <laughs> 2012, 2013. Okay. Well, and that's when I was like first that. coming on board. Mm-hmm. Right. So oh. that was like the exhibit. Like that was yes. the thing when I first came on board. So I remember just being blown away because that was one of the first big exhibits I had ever seen. Um, just with the way that they had uh, portrayed mm-hmm. it up it all in the sky. the sky. And like, yes. Oh, so that's exciting. I have pictures of me oh. and Sydney. In, in that with the, all the quilts hanging from the so you were we, there it, well were we there I mean, the no it wasn't, they brought it to Chicago <gasps> oh that's right they did that's indeed. right and I'm thinking and I think that was a wrong date I think maybe it was earlier than that like Ooh. 2008 or nine okay. I think in Chicago it was around 2012 2013. Okay. Well, either way, it was still hot. Like when I, cause I came into the scene around like 2015 ish, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. So I just remember people were still going on and on. And I, Lori, it was probably you who showed me pictures. Cause I was like, what is up with all these red and white quilts? What's the story? And I think you kind of gave me the lowdown. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I just thought that was one of the most astounding things I've ever seen. And I didn't get to go. I saw just pictures on the internet mm. and still uh. was blown away. Uh. Oh, yeah. No, I think that was when I was like, wow, that's what a quilt exhibit looks like. And I remember, I think you even said like, oh, it's not, uh, you know, they're not all like this. So I felt like it really did kind of pave the way. And then I remember when we went to, I think it was one of the first quilt markets that we all went to and they had the Sapphire Mm -hmm. um, collection that was there. That blew me away. So I can Mm -hmm. only imagine Mm -hmm. like seeing, you know, the, uh, the Ruby, was it the Ruby? Is that what it was called? Or was it just red and white? Yeah. Red red and white. white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I can only, I can only imagine. Yeah. Part of the beautiful thing about the red and white quilts is it, it is the history that, you know, and some of the history we know, some of it we don't. Um, part of it is also graphic design because choosing to use two colors in a quilt, it, it really takes a lot more work to, create a design that that is dynamic and and you can see how far we've come in quilting oh yeah Mm -hmm. and but that also you know women were strong in math before women were strong in math women were strong in graphic design before we were strong in graphic design we create aesthetic beauty from something incredibly simple Part of what we do in and through all of that is build community while we're being smart and talented and funny and hilarious <laughs> and eating and drinking <laughs> and doing all those amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Aww. Well, I hope, you- man, I want to be I know, there. <laughs> and I hope you guys have the best weekend. I mean, it just sounds like you've got, oh, I'm sure we will. You've got some good yes. things planned. Yeah, I definitely take some photos. We'll put some photos mm-hmm. in the notes. So definitely take some because okay. I think those would be I'm going to leave you in charge of that because I am terrible at taking photos when I'm teaching. Okay. I yes. Yeah. Because some shots of her at the guild, I think would be awesome too. Mm-hmm. Just to see her in action. Yes. <laughs> her in action. <laughs> well, I have an idea. So I, okay. you know, for, for a final segment, we actually have mail. And I think it might be fun to have Terry join us for that segment as well, because we got a question. Good Ooh, idea. Yes. I love questions. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. No, you read my mind because I was thinking the same thing. All let's, right. let's just keep it. We're, we're not going to ever let no, you go. No, so. I think you just get to stay. <laughs> All right. So, See, there really is no guild. Lori's just kidnapping you. Anyway. <laughs> How did you know? How did you figure that out? <laughs> It's all right. Hold up a note if you know, or just hold up your fingers if you're free. Right. If you're in danger. <laughs> all right. All right. So we're going to pretend I didn't just throw out that idea. Okay. Ready? Ready? All right. Okay. Hey, guys, guess what? what? We have what? mail. Yay! <laughs> we love mail. Yes. Okay. So, so I think I'll start with a question. And then we have a second letter, which is more of a story, and it's got pictures, so we'll drop the pictures in the show notes. But the first question came, it was a letter we got from Jennifer Henderson of Franklin, Tennessee. Jennifer writes, hello, ladies. I just wanted to send you an email to say thank you for such a great podcast. I've been listening for about six months now and find myself impatiently waiting for an episode every other week. I've also been listening to past episodes while quilting, and I find such comfort in listening to you ladies. I am fairly new to quilting, but have been sewing since I was 12 years old. My grandmother taught me how to sew and wanted me so badly to quilt, but I absolutely had no interest. Now I am 43 years old and have had to teach myself how to quilt. I can still hear her advice when sewing at times. I tell you all this because your podcast gives me comfort, true sense of community, and feel like she is there with me also. I am a fifth, sixth grade teacher at one of the public schools in my city. I feel like sewing is an important skill, so I will be teaching sewing lessons to students in an after-school program in the fall. I would love advice on how to teach beginners, and where do you all find your patterns? Any good or preferred websites? 
I love your magazine also, Tracy. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm very much a beginner, so I have been easing my way into this addictive hobby with simple patterns first. Again, thank you so much for your podcast. I love it and can't wait for each new episode. Jennifer Henderson. Oh, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I wanted to go like this. I'm making heart hands, Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) We all are. We all are. Like, oh, man. Well, and I mean, thank you for teaching the next generation Mm -hmm. because we need them. We need them so badly. Like, oh, that's awesome. But I, you know, here, here's, I want to share with you guys, Jennifer, I think this is absolutely outstanding because you're taking your newly found enthusiasm and sharing it, Mm -hmm. which is an incredible way because your enthusiasm is going to be as infectious as Ginger's laugh. (laughs) And so, so as, um, I've worked in a couple of quilt shops that taught kids the, one of the first things that I would love for you to find is, um, I think on the generation Q website, which I know, you know, if you have to edit that out, um, <laughs> I, I say it often on the show, Terry, it's all good. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Tracy used to teach kids quite frequently mm-hmm. and we yep. had on the website, we had have, um, some some stuff that is specifically for kids that was tested by kids mm-hmm. and uh we had it was the quilt and sew club it was we, we were so getting too. going we oh, so too. and you mean the little booklets yes oh yeah. um that was called the cut and sew club i think cut and sew club mm-hmm. um uh, and i would also offer uh keep things simple so as you're learning simple techniques teach those techniques. A nine patch is fantastic and it makes a great pillow. It teaches math and it can also teach, uh, forgiveness and, uh, and grace as the kids are learning to sew straight lines. Because I remember when I started sewing straight lines, were not straight. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, or, you yeah. know, tote bags mm-hmm. too are, are super mm-hmm. simple. Pillowcases are wonderful. Yeah. Um, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing it in the fall, have them make Halloween pillowcases in October and then oh, they can right. sleep on it all month and you can also use it as a trick or treat bag. Um, uh, one of the things that I always did when I was teaching newbies, when the new kids would come into my class, uh, I had them use the sewing machine without any thread in it and sew on lined paper just one sheet of lined paper, no thread, and practice keeping your needle on the the lines on the paper. And I would always tell them that once they could do the whole sheet without, you know, going all wonky, then they could graduate to fabric, which didn't always work out because I'm not a meanie. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> I also oh, oh sorry Lori I, just one more thing was I was going to say is is this is a very zen approach to teaching but I would always show them a technique and then let go of it let them go do it and mm-hmm. if they mess up they can decide whether or not they want to pull it out because you know, it, it's it's fine and dandy to teach us any sort of technique. And it can be anything because they are sponges. They will learn anything at all. But I realized very quickly that there was a difference in tolerance of what they were proud of and mm-hmm. felt really good about and what I thought was a perfecting, perfecting a technique. And it's more important for them to have fun than for them mm-hmm. to get the straight line you know, they're not going to yeah. get it right away. It's a skill that they have to build. So just let them have fun. And then the thing I want to add is that I think it's important that they like the fabric. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say, Lori, because that is how you roped me in. You let me, because everybody was playing with that amazing kiss fabric. Nobody yeah. wanted it. And I was like, ooh, can I have that to play with? And that was how I got hooked. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Oh, my God. I was going to say the exact same thing. So, oh. Oh. Right. And the fabric they but, pick might not be one that you think goes together or looks mm-hmm. nice, but right. as long as they love it, that's all that matters. Yep. Yep. Exactly. 
Right. Because there's part of what you're teaching is creative, independent thinking. Mm -hmm. And, and the more you allow them to explore that, it's going to be radically, it's going to change them across the board for the better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always found it to be completely exhausting to have, you know, a class full of, I mean, I was teaching eight-year-olds, but, um, but um, it was so, so much fun and so much, like, it just brought me so much joy. And I learned from them, you know, like it was just so funny. Oh, yeah. I, I I found like new levels of patience. I, I never thought I could ever be, you know, in a classroom for three hours with that many kids. Oh, oh, this is really, really important. Take breaks. <laughs> I always had a flat, like a midway break, drink, snack, walk around the classroom. Like we would walk around yep. the store and um, just get them out of their seats because it was, you know, it's it's hard for them to sit still for a long period of time. It's yep. hard for me to sit still. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm glad that you mentioned the food too, because not for nothing, um, if I go too long without eating, I get hangry. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, no. bunch of hangry kids. Ooh, mm-hmm. baby. Oh no, nobody wants no. that. No, no. No. And we always had like a little separate table where they could put their drinks and like a snack. If I didn't, I usually brought snacks, but sometimes they would bring snacks and we kept it at a separate place so that they couldn't accidentally spill on the sewing machines. Yes. (laughs) Cause you know, that's a thing. (laughs) Um, But as for patterns, let's think of like other places where they can get some easy patterns. Um, well, I, I would also go to like uh, simplicity mm-hmm. patterns because there's pajama pants mm-hmm. and simple tops, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yep. Um, and any any quilt block that is easily made with charm squares or you know where there's not a whole lot of cutting at first mm-hmm. would you know would really be very helpful. So four patches, nine patches, 16 patches where they get to explore color a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing can, can really go a long way. Yeah. And you know, what might be kind of funny too, knowing this generation, I know my daughter lives on YouTube, find a couple YouTube videos that you can share with them because that will get them going down that road. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they, instead of watching some crazy person unwrap 9 million things, (laughs) they can watch a sewing video instead, you know? I mean, I think that's always a good idea. Plus, plus it gives them an option if, if they want to sew at home, they can go back to that Mm -hmm. video and, and get pointers and practice, right? So that's a great idea, Ginger. Really good. Yeah, I always go back to videos. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my why. blood. <laughs> I know. Shocking. <laughs> no, 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 no. You actually, none of us. All right. So next, Aww. next letter is an absolute hoot. So I sent this not only to Lori and Ginger, but I also sent it to our entire editorial team at the magazines. Um, This letter is from Joan Dean. She's from New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. And um, this one's a long one. There will be several photos that I will drop into the show notes. Dear Lori, Tracy, and Ginger, I hope that you don't mind that I'm being informal using your first names in my first email. But as, as, You have, for many of your listeners, you have become important quilt friends to me. I began listening to Quilt and Tell early in the pandemic. It wasn't long before I had listened to all the episodes, and I was inspired to finish a quilt I started in 1985. That year, I had taken one quilt class in Gwynn, Michigan, um, which she says is the Upper Peninsula, making four blocks. So of course, when my sister married her husband, I decided I should make them a queen-sized hand-sewn quilt. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) During the years of moving as a military family and raising children, I never made time to quilt. Thankfully, in retirement, that is changing. In the spring of this year, I pulled out all of the parts, pieces, and only 12 blocks. (laughs) I found the original pattern and colors a bit flat, so I reconfigured and decided to make a throw 
not a queen size quilt. Thanks to your inspiration, I had the joy of giving my sister and brother-in-law the quilt on Thanksgiving. I wanted to share a couple of photos of the 36 year late wedding gift. (laughs) I should have known I wasn't inspired when I didn't even want it. (laughs) She has a picture. It's just so funny. I've read this email like four times and it still makes me laugh every single time. So, (laughs) so she has a picture of the, um, like a a piece of graph paper where she's penciled it out and she didn't even finish drawing the block. So she said, I should have known I wasn't inspired when I didn't even want to finish drawing out the plan. Um, So she redesigned and finished the quilt and I'll hold this up for Terry to see. And then I love that. And then she said, Lori, thanks to you, the back was even more fun to make than the front. And I was able to use (laughs) almost every piece of the original fabric. It's awesome. Isn't that so so great? And I love how, I mean, the fabrics are all clearly, you could tell they're 1985 because they're mauve and that like cornflower blue and a little bit of tan and the prints are all really small, but somehow she's made it look so cool. So I'm going to read the label. The label says, made for Lori and Jim in celebration of their marriage, June 10th. 1985 with love by Joan, a very slow quilter. (laughs) (laughs) So there are many stories surrounding this project and much support from families, from friends and family. But the best part, other than crossing something off my to-do list after so many years was the look on my sister's face when she exclaimed, it's a wedding gift. (laughs) (laughs) thanks to the three of you for being so inspiring and helping me bring smiles to my family hope hoping to meet you all in person someday joan so this is the picture of her sister's face (laughs) oh that's so So everyone is going to have to click through and see the show notes because it's it's just the pictures are just priceless well and, and you know the it's it's interesting that she said that she should have known. Mm-hmm. She should have known because choosing fa- and Tracy, you you mentioned this before. Choosing fabrics that we love means that we will do the work. Mm-hmm. We will make the quilt. We will finish mm-hmm. the project because we are fully engaged in it. So I I applaud her for getting this finished. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And none oh, of us yeah. know anything about taking too big of a bite of once we've started quilting, right? I mean, oh, no. no, never. Mm. never. <laughs> Ginger's just no. laughing. <laughs> I know. Yes. No, believe me. I know. I know. I've got one quilt that's just like, I can feel it staring at me right now. Like, what are you waiting for? Come on. I um, have a quilt no. that is actually named Worth the Wait. Because it took me like 12 years from start to finish because I stopped and put it away for so long. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes sometimes our work needs to mature. Yes. Uh, Oh, wait. That means I need to grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Forget that. No. There's no fun in that. No, no. no, uh, no. Well, all I want to know is, can we officially now call you know being lorried when you are so inspired to like do the back of your quilt just as cool as the front? Like, can that be an official thing now? Can I you say, "Oh, she's it. been lorried"? <gasps> yeah, I yes. think so. The ladies at my quilt guild have started using it as a verb. <laughs> I lorried the back of my quilt. All right. I think it's catching yes. on. It is. It totally is. We're going to create a hashtag. hashtag I've been Lloyd. Yeah. Or I've, I've been, been Lloyd. <laughs> we need to put that on there. Mm-hmm. At the, in the show notes, it needs to be in there. Use this hashtag. Uh-huh. Yeah. I Lloyd the Clouds or out. I've been Lloyd. Yep. Either one. They're interchangeable. Yep. <laughs> yes. Well, that is all of our our mail for today. And I I just loved hanging out with with Terry in Nebraska. With Lori. So good. Yes. I wish we were all there in person with you though. I know. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Ginger and I keep talking about making it happen and then it just never does. (laughs) I know. But it's not too late. You could hop in the car and be here by midnight. (laughs) My husband actually, he's heading to Indiana. So I don't know if he's going like which way. I know he's going through Kansas, but uh, I should have like hitched a ride with him on the back of his motorcycle. (laughs) Be like, drop me off in Nebraska. I think that I think that is the only logical thing to do. Yes. Drop me off at Lori's house. I'll see you when you get back. Mm. Oh. No, you need to invite us to come to your guild. That's it. That's the key. <laughs> Got to get us in there. Yeah. Yes. Then I can be like, oh no, I have to go. I've been invited yeah. now. This is right? official. It, we'll do we'll do the quilt and tell talk and all three of us can can talk. How about that? There you oh. go. <laughs> all right. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. You know, I, I, as a, as a frequent listener and, and frequent sharer of your podcast, having you guys on a remote location where you're talking about, you know, what you do, because like, I know what you do and I am just in awe that this happens so regularly. And, and I like, I hope you guys know how much I I admire, I love listening to you when I'm quilting and how inspired I am by your guests and, and the, and the camaraderie between the three of you. Like it just, it just. All right, Terry, you're already one of our bestest buddies. You don't have to kiss (laughs) up anymore. (laughs) Now listen, sister. (laughs) You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't simply the pandemic. And I don't, I don't say things like that lightly. Like if I'm saying it, I, I genuinely mean that I just really appreciate, I appreciate the beauty that comes when I listen. You're all invested. You're invested at different points in your life at different periods of your life. And the, it, it gives, it shows that we can start at any time and have quilting become the, part of the breath of who we are. And it just like, I, I love, I, I'm getting all goosebumpy. So I'll Me stop too. now. Oh, no, 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 guys. We just got Terry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You get this after talking to her, you get this sense and it wells up in you. And you're just like, I want to cry, but I don't know why, but I just feel amazing. And that's what you do, Terry. That is what you do. <laughs> yeah, apparently I do. Oh, it's amazing. Right, Keep Terry it up. just Keep became it up. a verb also. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what what being gingered is. Is that just like making her giggle? Anytime you you hackle, you know, you giggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, no. We'll think of something better. Your laugh. I said it before, Ginger. Your laugh. Like, I just want to bust a gut with you. (laughs) I'm glad you enjoy it. I've said often my husband has uh, learned to be okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, let's got to figure it out. Well, how do you get Tracy'd? Hmm. <laughs> Tracy's the Tracy's the queen of ideas. Yes, mm. yes. yes. So when you have the big idea, that's I've been Tracy. That's being Tracy. Right. Yeah, yeah. You've been Tracy. I like it. I like. You're it. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Tracy. Well done. <laughs> it's too funny. You've been Tracy'd when I like I dropped a little like just a little nugget and you just take it off and like go in a million different directions. That's what it is. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) I try. (laughs) In in truth, I just come up with too many ideas and I can't follow through with all of them. (laughs) I've never seen that in action having you. Yeah. But when you land them, you land them. Oh, like, like the, I, I'm I'm gonna do some shameless self promotion. Are you guys ready? Oh, go for it. Okay. So as Lori and I were driving, I got the text with the cover of the next issue of Quilt Maker, <gasps> and and I'm I'm a cover girl. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> oh, it's and, beautiful. I love it even more because I get to share the stage with some really amazing people who like. We all poured our, our, you know, we just poured out for this issue, like our part of this issue. And, 
And, you know, but the cover is just stunning. Like, it's just stunning. I like, I, I could not be happier about the cover and, and I'll be sharing on social media soon, but like, oh my gosh, my quilt is on the cover. <laughs> so Tracy, Yay! can you tell us newsstand date for that? Oh, yeah. so this one, the digital is, should be available any day now. It's not currently, I just checked the website, but it's not up there yet. Should be up shortly. And then um, it will be on newsstands by the time, definitely by the time this podcast drops. Um, so I awesome. believe that the date is something like the 11th or 12th of um, June. Cool. So, so they can find it. If they can. If so it's Quilt Maker Magazine. It's called The Color Issue. And um, it has, well, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six quilts on the cover um the this this issue has been in my brain for two years two years wow um and it was good, good follow through <laughs> <laughs> we uh, so tracy were go ahead tracy were you surprised by so as as you reached out to designers and mm -hmm. sent the concept out were you surprised by anyone's responses when choosing color mm -hmm. Um, oh, not sometimes, not always. So uh, let me just okay. get the, so the concept was Roy G. Biff, but I wanted one red quilt, one orange quilt, one yellow quilt, you know, all the way through the rainbow. And, but the problem was I couldn't figure out how to get the quilts that we needed for this issue because, you know, you throw out a submission like that, a call for submissions. And I figured, you know, I might get, I might get, you know, five red and white quilts and no mm -hmm. green or no purple or whatever. Um, and so I ultimately what ended up happening was I started formulating the idea before a festival last year. And when I saw Terry in Houston, I said, Terry, here's my idea. Would you make me a quilt? Uh, did I know what color Cherry Terry was going to pick? <laughs> Yes. Dang straight. I was going <laughs> to know what color she was going to pick. She was going to pick orange. Right. So. Yes. And, and and I worked purple into it too. Yes. Yes, she did. And so then as where she and I are talking, Brandy Maslowski comes up and Terry, Terry just turns to Brandy and says, Hey, Brandy, do you want to make a quilt for Tracy's color issue? And Brandy just turns to me and goes, yes, I'll take yellow, please. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, I got two. <laughs> right. <laughs> and well, and Tracy, don't you think those are the two hardest colors? Yeah, yeah. I thought for sure. Like, and, and and it's funny because I basically went from there and I picked, I handpicked the rest of the designers, um, and every single one of them said yes. And the only thing that happened, Terry, where 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 people's response was a little bit different was two people flip flopped on the colors based on what I thought they were going to pick. Oh. And that and that was Abby Dollinger and Jen Daly. And Jen picked red. I thought for sure she was going to pick blue. And I thought Abby would pick red and she picked blue. Um, and so did I say that right? <laughs> um, and Charisma Horton, of course, picked rainbow shock of all shocks. Um, and so it was just it worked out perfectly from there. And then what was amazing was rather because, you know, usually I send I send the call uh, submissions when Lori was there when she was acquisitions editor, she would send it out. She would get gather all of the responses and put them together and we would do a lineup meeting. So I never really, I mean, occasionally she would show me one before we had the lineup meeting, but um, what ended up happening was I was getting them directly. And so it was amazing. Like every time I opened my email, there'd be a new one and it would just, I can't even tell you how they just knocked my socks off with what they designed. So it's stunning. And so Yay. Two years. Oh, well, I'm so <laughs> yay. I'm I'm so looking forward to going into my Barnes and Noble next time mm -hmm. and moving it up to the front like I always do with all of our magazines. Yeah. <laughs> our magazines are never buried at our Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Same at my local grocery store. <laughs> yes. Fun. All right. Well, we've talked everybody's ear oh. off at this point. I know. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hopefully they're still out there. They're still hanging right? in there. Right. <laughs> 
Well, it's been such a pleasure talking to y'all. I hope you have a good day. Yes, have fun. Have fun, ladies. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we can't wait to see all the all the pictures. Yep. Good luck, Terry. I can't be here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I I don't know. I, I like talking about quilts. <laughs> don't we all? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you guys. Bye, Bye everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer. It's time for Fine Finishes, brought to you by Handy Quilter. Handy Quilter long arm quilting machines and accessories. Your host is Ginger Sheehy Tatek. Joining me today, I have Gina Sambita. She is a national educator for Handy Quilter. Gina, welcome. Thank you. We are so excited to have you here. And the big question that we have for you, if you could only have three quilting feet for the rest of your life, what would those feet be and why? Well, I was so excited that I got that question because I absolutely love the feet. I might I might request that I could have a fourth, but I'll tell you my first three. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll consider it. Yeah, I'll consider okay. it. Let's get to the first three. All right. <laughs> well, my first one is the couching feet. And that's that's okay. the foot that came out first when they started coming out, when handy quilts are started coming out with other feet. And mm-hmm. it gives me the ability to put yarn onto the quilt and kind of embellish the quilt, which I absolutely love doing. Yeah, no, it's like magic. I've seen you do that in person yeah. and it's pretty amazing, um, you know, just to think. And, and the, the thing is, is it just makes it look so easy because it sounds like it would be so difficult, but you're right that I think that is definitely yeah. an awesome foot to add to your list. <laughs> yeah, it is so easy because with the long arm, it's just as you're stitching, it's catching the yarn as well. Normally on your home machine, you might do a zigzag or something to make mm-hmm. the yarn go onto the quilt. So oh. I just love doing it on the long arm. Nice. All right. Okay. So that's number one. What, what else do you got? Number two is the sure foot S U R E. And that gives me the ability to work with rulers because there's so many great rulers out there. If I wouldn't be able to do that, that would be sad. Yes, no. And that gives it, it has just a little bit of a lift, right? So you can hold those right. rulers down and it helps you just follow them super easy. Yeah, it's kind of like insurance because mm-hmm. those of us who have been quilting for a while, we did quilt before the sure foot came out and the closed toe foot wasn't as tall. So that ruler occasionally would hop up and in. And so we have the chips on our rulers to show for it. So this makes it so that you don't have to. Have yeah, that. I know. It, it almost, it's hard to believe that there was a time before the surefoot. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You got two down, one more to go. And then I think I, I think I will let you throw in that fourth one. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm so glad. Okay. The third one is my, is the glide foot. And a lot of people call it the um, bowl foot because it looks like a little plastic bowl. And it really is useful for those who work with pro stitcher and without pro stitcher. Because when you're using Pro Stitcher, you can put the bowl, the glide foot on and it just glides over the edges and the heavy seams, you know, multiple seams and all that kind of stuff. It works really well. But if you don't have Pro Stitcher, when you're doing pantographs, you don't get your quilting from the back and you don't get to see the front. So it kind of helps everything work out better with while you're not watching it. Yeah, no, and it is, and and it. I, I think I've seen it in action, gliding over everything, and it really does. It makes yeah. things easier. It really does. Like it, it's amazing, and I know that that sounds probably way too simplistic to say, but um, when you see it in action, it really is. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and if you you know, a lot of people nowadays they work with maybe double bat, mm-hmm. you know, so you have a thicker batting um, layer, and so. The fullness of that sometimes yeah. will cause problems, but if you use the glide foot, it just kind of brings in that fullness as you go. Nice. Nice. All right. Okay. I promised a fourth. So go ahead. What is your fourth? You get, you get an extra foot. 
So it's a fairly new one. It's called the Microfoot. Oh, I don't think I know this one. What yeah. does it do? It basically, if if you look at it, it looks like a foot without the foot, like it's cut off at the ankle. Okay. So what happens is the needle is just sitting right in front of it. There's no foot. So you have full visibility for all that micro protein. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. so you can really get in there and you got nothing blocking your way. Yeah. It, it, you know, my eyes sometimes have trouble looking at it. And so by having that micro foot and I have full visibility, it works really good. Well, I wish we could talk longer, but uh, sorry, that's all you get is four feet. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Aw, thank you so much, Gina. And that's it for today's Fine Finishes, brought to you by Handy Quilter. To find out more about Handy Quilter's fine line of products, visit their website, handyquilter.com. Until next time, good night and good luck with your quilting.